0: Good morning or good evening wherever you are my name is Adnan Shafi and I'm going to be your host of Pariah Nation yet again this is season 18 episode 2 and it's bang in the middle of black history month here in the UK and I thought that it would be in order for me to do a bit of a black history teaching guide for non-black educators. And if you already haven't if you haven't heard my my previous episode we actually discussed the concept of black history month and why i personally don't think that we need black history month and if you want to know why i suggest that you go and listen to the entire podcast and see my reasoning but i actually feel that it's important that if we're doing any form of instructive teaching on black history that we should actually integrate that within the curriculum and in that way we'll be able to produce global citizens who are ready to interact with all kinds of different people around the world but without further ado let's get right into this episode if you're a non-black educator i highly suggest that you share this to other non-black educators or if you know a non-black educator please do send this to them and i think that there's a lot of benefit from uh, from this podcast that any other educators can also take so let's get right into it so if you're in the uk it's bang in the middle of black history month but if you're not in the uk or you follow the us version of black history month then you're probably going to be having Black History Month in February. And you're probably prepping your lessons or you're asking around, you know, it's probably just in the side mirror, just waiting for you to act on it in terms of planning your lessons and how you can integrate it within your your own classes, regardless of what you teach, if it's history or math, anything else, basically. So the purpose of this podcast is just tell you things to avoid. That's probably the easiest way that I can put it. Uh, there's many things that you could possibly avoid, but this is just to give people a bit of a summary about how I think Black History should be taught. And we can go straight into the first specific thing, and what exactly is this, you may be asking. The first thing that I find that a lot of educators do during Black History Month, and a lot of companies, a lot of PR teams do, is they focus exclusively on colonialism, slavery, and specifically just Black suffering. and it's not as if these topics aren't important, and I've mentioned this before, a lot of my content focuses on colonialism, it focuses on slavery, the relationship between these two cataclysmic events and development. That's what my entire platform is about. But to focus exclusively on these two things, although they are huge topics, they have their own nuances, they have their own individualistic stories, it could actually take away from the entire narrative of black history. And why do I say this? Simple answer is that African history didn't start with colonialism, slavery. These are two snapshots of what is an extremely long history of the African continent. And may I also add, it's not as if African history wasn't recorded before this period. And the dangers of only teaching about these periods is that subconsciously you're telling your students, that, hey, this is where African history starts. And because of the general ignorance of a lot of people that live outside of the African continent, you're going to find that people genuinely believe, and I've heard this before, that Africa had no relevant history before the colonial period. So this is almost as if you're saying that, oh, well, Africa's history started when Europe got involved, and you're promoting this dark continent vibe. And (laughs) that's, again, something that we stand categorically against. Uh, on my platform and we want to be able to explore the nuances before that and so you may be asking then what what is there to teach i mean some people may not have the knowledge of uh pre-colonial african history and that's also totally fine but i'll drop you some ideas just in a moment here are a couple of suggestions that i feel would fit really well in the classroom especially if you're trying to teach about pre-colonial african history and they also deal a lot with international history as well i think one of the best things that you can teach about is trade and the reason why I say trade is because it can easily be connected to, to different parts of world history. For example, if you teach about Raptor, the, the ancient ancient lost city that people rarely talk about. We've heard about Atlantis and we've heard about Punt because it's related to Egypt. But very rarely do we hear about Raptor. And Raptor is a city that was located on the eastern coast of Africa archaeologists are close to finding it and there are theories about where this ancient mysterious city is but the this city was actually a metropolis and the romans used to trade with east africans on this part of the coast and it was the last outpost if you look at the map uh, that was drawn during that time and they used to trade things like tortoise shells and possibly even gold and this city in and of itself is just an indication of the fact that even in the pre-colonial period, there were certain areas of the African continent that were quite affluent and they were also very successful in trade. And even to just take this example further, if we want to talk about the pre-colonial period, you can teach about the Swahili coast and their extensive trading system all the way till China. I mean, you can find Chinese pottery and sometimes you'll even find uh, yeah, Chinese pottery you can find in uh, places like where Great Zimbabwe used to be or Mapungubwe used to be. Uh, and they used to actually trade a lot of gold between them and the Swahilis, and that would eventually be taken all the way to China. Apparently, you can also find some coins from the Kilwa Sultanate. Uh, they found them on the northern coast of Australia. And this is, again, it just tells you about the incredible trading systems that you have. So, I mean, we've already covered Raptor, and we're now we're moving more broadly to the East African coast, but you can also teach them about cowrie shells and how this became an international form of currency. And Ibn Battuta, who was a Moroccan scholar, who went around the African continent and travelled a lot essentially and one of the most well-travelled people, I would argue, during that period and he actually wrote books about his travels uh, he managed to go to places like the Malian Empire and he also went to places like the Maldives and he saw that they were both using cowrie shells and it was for the same purpose, i.e. currency and you'd find these cowrie shells being taken on ships in piles upon piles of cowrie shells basically so you can easily teach students about this and connect this to the fact that Africa was well connected, be before the uh, the colonial period, and they did not have to be colonized in order for them to be connected to different parts of the world. You can even go as far as teaching them about Mansa Abu Bakari and his alleged uh, journey across the Atlantic uh, to try and uh, reach land that was basically on the west they didn't know about any land but they just wanted to go and discover it and i mean who knows maybe he could have reached the americas maybe he could uh, could have sunk on the way there uh, but we really don't know the true story of what actually happened to mansa Abu Bakari. but there is so much history in africa in the pre-colonial period and i've also mentioned this in the previous podcast but you can also talk for example, if you're teaching science uh, or general science, you can teach them about the C-sections that were happening in the Bunyoro kitara kingdoms of Uganda and how that was able to affect people. If you're teaching math, you can easily talk about the Ishangobo bone, the Lembombobo and some of the first mathematical tools in world history. And there's just so much more that you can possibly cover. And I'd say that it's also just a matter of looking into the sources and seeing for yourself as an educator what matches up with your program. So, if I was to recommend any sources apart from obviously uh, my my humble podcast and you know the the little content that I have, uh, compared to for example the massive books that they actually have on this, uh, you can look into the UNESCO African History uh, Depository. They have an entire section for books that are just on african history it's like a multi-volume book written by mainly african historians and they're writing about uh, pre-colonial african history post-colonial african history all the way till the modern day and it's a very very good and well-respected project but you can also go to other youtube channels like um from nothing that's another very good channel but home team history is also another channel that i would I'd recommend it's well referenced it's academic and very honest in terms of the the teaching of african history so without further ado, let's go into the next point. So I've already mentioned that you probably shouldn't be teaching African history from the lens of colonialism and slavery only because of the toxic possibilities that could actually arise from those that form of teaching. I would say, though, if you are to teach on these topics, which I would also recommend that you do, but obviously in moderation, you should be able to present these facts as honestly as possible. The reason why I say this is that when black history is taught and when people actually come out of the educational system, what I've seen is that a lot of the time, the educational system often becomes apologetic about things like colonialism and slavery. You don't really go into the nitty gritties of what actually, what the realities were like. And this is also, I would say disrespectful to to those people who actually went through that entire process of slavery and colonialism. And it's also extremely disrespectful to the people living in the modern day who possibly have grandparents like me, for example, who experienced the colonial period, or at least we had great grandparents uh, who were actually the subjects of this form of colonialism. So you have to do the historical record justice. And I would say that, obviously, uh, if you're describing things like, you know, to do with colonial violence, be as brutally honest as you need to be. Don't water it down. Because the moment that you do, people begin to take these realities very lightly. I mean you're not going to hear about the fact that the French threw Mauritian revolutionaries out of planes when they were eventually caught and they were trying to suppress a revolution. And they threw them out of planes alive by the way. That's one of the things that they did. You never hear about the massacres that I mean that the French perpetrated in places like Algeria and how they, they kept the heads of certain revolutionaries after decapitating them. Right? And yeah, it sounds very graphic, and the, the whole point is that this is what happened, and the historical record does not deserve to be watered down to make people feel comfortable. Obviously, if you are teaching a class of younger people, you should be cautious, and I'm not saying that, oh you know, you need to just forget about age and forget about people's sense, of, like uh, the sense of, you know, trauma, etc. You don't want to expose younger people to trauma yet. But obviously I'm, I'm aiming this mainly at high school teachers as well, right? Because we are prepared to teach about other atrocities in, in a very straight up fashion. But we are very, what I find personally and what I've also learned in my educational system, that we're very, very much almost pseudo apologetic when it comes to teaching colonial atrocities. Uh, just to list some more, perhaps, you can never also, you, I've never heard people talking about things like the herero Namakwa genocide in Namibia, where, you know, people essentially starved to death, other people were killed, uh, and it was, it, was, it was honestly just a shocking event to see that an entire ethnic group or two ethnic groups were almost wiped off the face of the earth. And not teaching about that again, it does disservice to the historical record. So I would recommend that if you are teaching about these things, be very honest, especially if you have high school students, you don't want to be teaching a watered down history because you get people saying things to me, for example, and other black people that I've heard, people saying, oh, you know, you should get over it. Colonialism happened, you know, decades ago. Slavery happened hundreds of years ago. But the fact that you you have to sit there and hear that and people don't understand the the major major implications of these systems and also what the experience was like for those particular people one specific text that i would recommend that you do read if you're interested in in learning about this there's actually two texts that you should probably read uh or three actually so there's Franz fanon he has a book i believe it's the wretched of the earth and it does also focus a bit on you know how colonial systems work but you should also read an article by tarsus Cabo-Gere, Um I think he was a professor at the University of Makerere in the 70s. He wrote a text called The Dynamics of Colonial Violence. Really excellent text. I highly recommend that you, you read through it. Then another text that you should probably also read is called Law Society and the Working Class in Tanzania by Issa Shivji. And in chapter two, he focuses specifically on the working conditions of uh, Tanzanians during the colonial, the German and British colonial periods. And it is quite that text in particular is quite a brutal text. And I would highly recommend that you actually prepare yourself to read, read that because of how shocking it was, especially for me. Like I did actually have to take a break in the middle of that because of how shocking it truly was. And a lot of this actually comes from British archives. So again, if people are wondering about the authenticity of that, uh, then you can actually look through those sources in your own time. But let's get into the last example or the last thing that i feel like we should avoid in our teaching so for this specific point i just want to hammer home that if you are an educator especially a non-black educator you need to be very cognizant about the people that you're teaching to especially if you have black students in your class or you have black colleagues and the reason why i say this is that the dynamics behind you teaching this class are in and of itself political And I say this because you are teaching about the dynamics between white and black people or non-black people and black people and how they interacted during these colonial periods or at least how the history has been taught during this period. So you, coming from a non-black background, are obviously going to have a specific effect on your students based on the way that you're teaching. And there is a right way and a wrong way to teach it, I would say, based on the way I've experienced it and based off of my interactions with other people who have also experienced this form of teaching, the only solution I think we actually have to this is to integrate black colleagues and black students and black friends into your teaching process, whether it's the pre-teaching period, during the teaching, as well as the post-teaching period when you're reflecting about how the lessons went and perhaps maybe you're thinking of carrying on these lessons into the future. The reason why I think that this is so important is because they literally act as your parachute you may be having an amazing lesson plan but then you decide to quote a text or you ask people to read a certain text that may actually even have a racial history behind it that you don't know or maybe something is written in a certain way whereby you may not see the racial implications of that text but a black student may be able to see that and some of you might be thinking oh well you know obviously it's you can tell what's racist or not but that's actually not true the reason why it's called subconscious racial bias is because a lot of us have been predisposed by the media and by education in this post-colonial world that has been heavily influenced by colonialism itself were predisposed to believe certain things about other races. So in this case, the only way that you can actually circumvent these issues is to involve black people within the process of your teaching. They have to be a part of your teaching methodology and they have to be your feedback loop. You cannot be leaving your black colleagues and black students outside of the loop. Another thing to keep in mind is that if a Black student is telling you, "Hey, this actually sounded borderline problematic or I didn't really feel comfortable when you stated this," then you should probably listen to them. And you you might not even understand where they're coming from, but that is simply because you also don't understand the the dynamics that they have to experience as a Black person in that specific classroom. So it's not saying that for example, oh, you should totally throw reason out of the window, but it actually is reasonable and logical to assume that you don't have the lived experience of this person because you're not from their race you have you don't have this specific history so you're not going to be the best person or the best person in other words to to feedback on uh, on your classes and their experiences would be the person who's the subject of these colonial experiences and racial experiences and even if for example you're non-white but you're also non-black yeah so basically for example let's say you come from east asia and you're trying to teach a class on black history right you may not experience racism in the same way, or you might not have the same microaggressions in the same way that a black person may have microaggressions. And it's not to say that people don't have those microaggressions or they don't have those racial experiences, but those those experiences are largely actually quite different. So it's also important, and I'd say that it's quite, it's, it's, it's gonna uh, foster a lot of friendly relationships and also not just friendly relationships, but it's gonna foster a more healthy learning environment if you can come down to someone's level and just say okay yeah, hey i understand what you're saying i mean i or even you may not understand what they're saying but say okay i i get i get why you would actually feel that way and i i don't although i don't fully understand it i'm going to actually change this teaching approach just so that i can understand uh your situation a bit better it's uh, it's so much better and it'll avoid so many other issues if you're just willing to lend an ear and this is something that i think is also a major issue especially when you're dealing with institutions and you come up to these institutions and you tell them, hey, this actually sounds a bit racist. This sounds a bit colonial. Could you kind of change your wording? And sometimes institutions are so cut and dry that they feel like there's nothing else that they can do. And, you know, someone's just being unreasonable or they're not listening. Uh, they, sorry, they won't listen to these students uh, and perhaps even gaslight them into trying to make them believe that the the experiences are essentially invalid. And the last point that I would like to make is throughout this entire period um also don't be afraid to to look into black literature or ask these specific colleagues about literature that they've read from other black academics etc so that they can contribute to the narrative a lot of people unfortunately i mean are are not aware of the large and rich history of black literature on black topics of colonialism etc so a lot of times you might find that People are only mentioning white academics or non-black academics on the topics of colonialism and slavery when they relate to the African continent and that I'd say actually you're leaving a huge chunk of literature out of your narrative and if it is I mean after all black history you you should also be involving those black academics when you are teaching but anyways guys that's going to wrap it up for today and um, I'm going to try and see if I can do some more episodes this month as well perhaps with some professors, just to ask them their opinions on, on certain other topics. Next week we're going to be discovering, sorry, we're going to be uncovering uh, the relationship between transatlantic slavery and colonialism in general, and how these contributed to Western development as a whole, and how perhaps development discourse uh, also was influenced by this these two enterprises of transatlantic slavery and colonialism as well. But thank you so much for tuning in. Please be sure to share the podcast and I will see you guys next week.